Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Tough day in the city of Edmonton, 1235 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer here in Ice District. The Edmonton Oilers, a big hockey game tonight against Dallas. Uh, stars, uh, unfortunately, the news of the day, and it uh, I think it touched uh, a lot of people out there uh, this morning. Uh, two uh, members of the uh, EPS um, killed in the line of duty today. Ongoing coverage with Global News Radio 880 Edmonton updates on the half hours uh, with Randy Kilburn. And if there are any breaking news situations, we'll immediately break away from Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We will tell you the guests in Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. You can follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltoff that Oilers Now sent you. Roos Chris is open from Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. We're going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline and welcome back to the show Sportsnet Color Analyst Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel. Providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? I'm doing well today, Bob. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, in the last segment, I believe I said that uh, Ross Johnson centers the second line for the Dallas Stars. It is Wyatt Johnson, so uh, I, I just wanted Much to... Much different players. Yes, uh, very different skill but, sets. Uh, but yeah, I knew, I heard that too. I knew that was just a little slip that we sometimes have when we're dealing with a lot of different players and last names, but... Uh, I knew what you meant. You knew what I meant. All right, let's get to it. We got the uh, Edmonton Oilers, we got the Dallas Stars, and we had two entirely different games played between these two teams so far. Edmonton with one of their worst performances of the season. Uh, it was at home against Dallas. It was back on November the 5th, and they got pounded 6-2 to two in that game. Uh, and then the Oilers with arguably one of the best performances of the season on the Fathers trip, where they ended up getting a 6-3 victory in Dallas. Uh, so this is the a rubber match, and, and who knows? This could be a potential uh, uh, playoff matchup as well at some point. It looks like both teams are going to make the playoffs. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Dallas wins the Central Division. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Edmonton could be a wild card spot, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that these two teams ultimately could end up in the conference final. Louis, your thoughts on what we might see tonight? Yeah, I think two of the best teams in the Western Conference going at it is what I believe, and I do think that this could certainly be a matchup you see down the road. Why Why not? It could very well happen. And, uh, yeah, I think two teams that will be very hard out uh, in the playoffs, of, in, in my opinion. But, yeah, the first two games, you said it right. The first game, not a great game for Edmonton. Dallas came in kind of ran their show in that game in a lot of different ways and then I thought it was an amazing response in the game in Dallas. I think it was one of the better games as a team collectively. It was a hard fought battle. Obviously it was the dad's trip. There was a little bit extra emotion in that game but they were ready for that game and they got themselves prepared knowing they were going up against a very good hockey club that could embarrass them if they don't play the right way and I expect the same tonight. So, uh, yeah. um, I, I really do believe that both of these teams have a high respect for the the other, uh, especially with the way the season has gone for each team respectively, and it'll be really interesting. This is kind of one of those games for me that I'm really interested to see how Edmonton responds. Uh, I'm interested to see how they go up against a team that uh, 
has played a real sound season and and uh, has a lot of different uh, looks that can create a lot of trouble for you and how they deal with that. But at the flip side, how Dallas deals with Edmonton. Edmonton's a different team from the last time they saw them. They're bigger, they're tougher, they've got more strength and more depth, and uh, it should be a good one. I expect a really good affair tonight. I think both teams are ready and look across the way and understand that they're going up against a good team. Well, Louis, you hit on something there, and I think we should address it because we all know what happened here on that Saturday afternoon. You had Jamie Benn playing some mind games with uh, Zach Hyman out on the ice, and uh, the Oilers had a smaller team, and you talked about, you know, they've added DeHarnay and Ekholm on defense. It's changed. You know, you got a, a six foot six guy in Vincent DeHarnay, and his one scrap at the NHL level uh, was against uh, Arbor Jack guy. Uh, and then you got Eckholm, who plays a big, heavy game on the back end, and that frees up Darnell Nurse. And suddenly the Oilers have a defense where their smallest defenseman is Brett Kulak at six foot one and a half. And then conversely, up front, you know, Costin's a part of uh, things now. You got Evander Kane back, uh, you got Bukestead in the middle. Uh, you know, and certainly, you know, Kane, and we're going to hear from him later on, he, he just said it was time for him to have a fight when he fought Brady Kachuk. And he had, I don't think he realized he had broken ribs at the time when he fought him, but, uh, and Costin, <laughs> we, know, we know what he's done. So it, I, I kind of thought Dallas tried to run the order show here in that game, Louie, and that was a little bit frustrating to me. I don't, I don't know if you felt the same way. Um, Pretty good response, but not overly physical. Do you expect a greater physicality in tonight's game between the two teams? Well, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I think that you don't want that to be kind of the defining factor in the sense that you're not trying to play the game the right way, control the puck, manage the puck, get on the forecheck. I do think it has to be a part of the game for Edmonton. You know, speaking from Edmonton's point of view, looking at this game from the Dallas Stars, they're a fast team. They come at you hard. They're aggressive. They have some very skilled players. How do you how do you combat that? You slow them down. You make it more of a grind. You put pucks in behind. You just make it more of a, of a tougher matchup and a harder game to play. So that would be, for me, what I think Edmonton wants to do, and they have the personnel to do that a little bit better now than they did in the first couple matchups against Dallas. I mean, in the second matchup, um, it was a better game. I thought it was a physical game as well, too. Also a very fast game, but I'm really interested to see how they do respond. I don't think, you know, um, comparing the two teams, I would tell you that Edmonton's the more physical team and can be the more physical team. So it's this time of year when that starts to really come out. I thought, you know, Evander Kane uh, against Ottawa, we started to see him initiate and use that, that physicality to his advantage again, which I think the more he gets into the groove and the more he gets his feet moving, the more you're going to see him attacking and hitting on the forecheck, which just disrupts and turns pucks over. Warren Fogel was tenacious on the forecheck, and he used his size effectively to be a physical guy and a presence on that line, and he did really well in the absence of Zach Hyman. So I, I just think... Edmonton knows they have the skill. They know they have the firepower. They can put pucks in the back of the net. But when they when they really dedicate themselves to playing a grinding hard game where they're finishing checks and everybody's on board, they just become that much more difficult to play against. And I believe that's what it's going to take to beat the Dallas Stars tonight in this matchup. Louie, you had a couple pretty memorable experiences against Dallas in the playoffs back in the day, didn't you? Yeah, you know, um, I played the one series with uh, with Edmonton in 97, we beat them in seven. I played the first six games, took a couple penalties on Darian Hatcher in game six. I didn't think the second one was really much of a penalty, but uh, what am I supposed to say about that? 
Um, so I think they, the they, statute they, they, of limitations they is over. People in Game Seven. Is that what you're getting at? The fact that I got sat out for Game no, Seven. No, no. I'm so so it paid off. I, re- I, I remember game six. I was actually working for ESPN. They broadcast the game. Uh, what I remember about uh, that, that 90s, well, I mean, everybody remembers the Todd Marchant, but there were some swings in that series, including the comeback in game number three. And I was doing Foncord and stats in the Dallas yeah. truck. That had to have been one of the most remarkable things that you could have participated in, Louis. Yeah, I know it was wild. I remember the goal Buckberger scored. It was just awesome. And um, I just remember us being really excited. We knew the Dallas Stars were the favorites. We knew we had just gotten in there. And Ronnie Lowe really kind of riled us up. And we would have a hit video before every game. And um, Kevin Primo would put together this this hit parade. I'm telling you, we were in the hundreds of hits. Uh, it was ridiculous how physical that series was. Nobody passed up an opportunity to blast somebody on a four-check or even along the boards in the defensive zone, the cross-checking, and the stuff they typically let you get away with. Um, I did hit the first penalty on Darian Hatcher, no question, was a penalty. He was turning, and I kind of hit him a little bit from behind in the side. Knew it right away as soon as I hit him. We wanted to play him physically. He's a big, strong defenseman. But then I came out of the box, and I just kind of made – contact with him at the blue line as he was playing the puck and they deemed it as me tripping him or whatnot didn't like that call at all and uh i got backed up by grapes too i think on hockey night in canada he didn't like that call too much either so i gotta always uh say thanks to don cherry for having my back in that situation but you know what um it was the right call uh for ronnie lowey put some young guys in there joe halbig was one of the guys that he injected into the lineup steve kelly and that line scored a huge goal in game seven as we won it so you can never really argue when the end result is winning a game seven on that beautiful uh game winning goal by todd marchant so um i don't have any hard feelings about it it was obviously the right call because we won the series and we went on to colorado and uh, you went on to the Tampa Bay Lightning after that season, but I, I you know, I do, and, and that's why your dog's name is Tampa. But it, you know, I mean, I just, it, I, it was just, you know, the, it was a completely different time, Louis. Like Dallas, Detroit, Colorado, yeah. they they had like three, you know, two times the amount they were spending twice as much as on the players as the Edmonton. You guys were like the little train that could during the course of that series, and there was a guy named yeah. Cujo, and he played a pretty significant. Oh significant factor outstanding. hey how good was he he was outstanding and obviously in that game seven the save on Neuendijk in, in tight um, which allowed um, the play to go the other way and eventually Todd Marchant scored that goal but he was great the whole series he really was and um, you know it's it was four straight years and that was the longest stretch of not making the playoffs in Oilers history you know so since the time they came into the league, that was the first taste of dark years. Uh, you know what? And it was true. It was a uh, conference final uh, in 91-92. And, uh, and then after that, it was four straight years without making the playoffs. So to get kind of in that position in 97, it was uh, – we were excited to be there. It was an amazing atmosphere at the old Coliseum there. It was incredible coming out to the fans of the playoffs for the first time in a little while. It was like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I can remember, you know, going out for that warm-up and just being overwhelmed with how loud it was in there and how excited people were to have playoff hockey back in Edmonton. And it's the same way today. Um, This city gets really ratcheted up for the playoffs, as they should. It's an exciting time. It's the most exciting time of the year. And 
Um, for the players, it's the same, Bob. It's it's just no different. Playing in those games, it's uh, they take on a special meaning. All right. So you went out uh, on the uh, the road trip out east, and we were in Buffalo. Uh, started off in Winnipeg in a wild game, a seven-five game, uh, and then into shuffled into Buffalo, and the Oilers shut down one of the top three goal-scoring teams in the NHL. Then they went up against Jake DeBrusque and the uh, Boston Bruins, <laughs> and found a way to win in a game in which the, the stars for either team kind of got you know, limited a little bit, and the Oilers' scoring depth became a bit of the storyline, and, and then things fell apart a bit in Toronto that second period. But I want to talk a bit about the scoring depth. Louis, the last mm-hmm. three the last three years, uh, goal differential when McDavid, one of McDavid or Leon are not on the ice, minus 29, minus 23, minus 22. This season, plus 12. You got, you got a guy like Derek Ryan is uh, tied for uh, fourth on the team, with 11 even-strength goals. You know, I, you, you look at it, Costin's got 10 even-strength goals. Bukestad's got two since coming over. You know, he's up to 15 goals on the season. Uh, Derek Ryan's got 12. Uh, Ryan McLeod uh, has had a, you know, he, and he had, he's had, I mean, he, he scored a huge goal in Boston. He was involved in the turnover against Toronto. We're not sure if he's going to go tonight. Wasn't on the ice for the morning skate today. But Ryan McLeod's got 11 goals. Are Edmonton a different team? than they have been in past years because of the scoring depth that they got. Absolutely. It's, it's everything. It really is. It's incredible the difference it can make in a game. And just like you said, when the top lines neutralize each other, or top six if you want to call it that, that's when it's in the balance. And for too long, Edmonton just didn't have that firepower in the, in the makeup of the team to kind of grind through and find that production from from elsewhere in the lineup but this year they're getting it from everybody it wasn't always that way they worked towards that this year and then guys started to really find their roles started to embrace those roles and you know as jay woodcroft has said i I think since they started to have a little internal competition where guys could potentially be out of the lineup it just ratchets up that determination to want to stay in there and your game elevates and we've seen that with a lot of guys but Timely depth scoring is key. It'll be key down the stretch. It'll be even more key in the playoffs. When you look at playoff series over the history of this game, yeah, it's it's the best players in the game that typically get the job done in the long haul, but you have to have that depth and production throughout your lineup to score those big, timely goals to give you an edge, and that's what this team has worked towards for years, and now you're starting to see that come to fruition with – them, them getting deeper in the top six, which pushes guys down into the bottom six, um, into the middle six, whatever you want to call it, to have that structure and that depth throughout your lineup and to have lines that you feel confident throwing out there in any situation is very important as well. Um, and I think Jay Woodcroft is starting to find some combinations that he likes, that he feels he's comfortable with, that he can throw out there in uh, in any situation. And they're, they're uh, coming through big time and at the right time. Louis, uh, the Oilers are eight points behind Anaheim or behind Vegas. Uh, Vegas and both teams have played 68 games. I don't know if you know coming in first is realistic. You give Vegas credit; they've uh, gone hard here to the uh, the whip. Uh, the LA Kings have got a great. I think the Kings are 11 two and two over their last 15. They've played well. Looks like they got second secured. They're up five points in Edmonton. The Oilers do play them twice. Um, in your opinion. Assuming the Oilers make the playoffs, what's the best matchup for Edmonton? L.A., uh, Vegas, Dallas, or Minnesota, if those teams end up, uh, you know, in the Oilers end up in the uh, wild card position. Have you thought that far ahead as to what might be the best matchup for Edmonton? 
I mean, we've kind of poked it around and looked at it. I think they're all going to be tough, to be honest with you, Bob. Just like I think any one of those teams look at the Edmonton Oilers and think, I don't know if we really want to match up against them in the first round either. It's it's It really is that way. I think that... I know we put a lot of emphasis on that, but I do believe there's going to be upsets this year. Oh, yeah. There'll be upsets in the first round just with the makeup of both the East and the West and the way it's going to play out in the end. I think there's going to be good teams out of the playoffs after the first round, great teams out of the, out of the playoffs the first round because those are the matchups that are going to happen. And uh, I don't look at it any differently in the West. I don't really want to say that I, I think there's a favorable matchup. Um in all of those games, I think they're all very difficult. For whatever reason, though, I feel like Edmonton really gets gets elevated and plays well against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I, I, There's just something about that team that brings out the best of them, and I've said this all along. And, you know, I know people sometimes make a lot of fuss about Edmonton losing the teams underneath them in the standings, and I get that. Um, I understand that completely because you think on paper you should walk in, you should be able to win a game. That's not the case in the NHL. It never is. Um, but I do know this for a fact, that Edmonton can elevate and gets, gets excited to play the best teams in the league. We just saw them split against Boston. We saw them split against Toronto. We've seen them have a split against Dallas in the first two games they've played against them. Um, Colorado is a team that they've elevated and had some great games. Haven't always had the results they've wanted against Colorado, but the games are exciting, and they get pumped up to play those games. Uh, again, the Vegas Golden Knights, a team that's perennially, perennial, however you say it, yearly, I can't spit that out today, uh, been one of the top teams in the league. They get elevated for it. And, and to be able to have that um, ability to go to that type of a game is is the most important thing for me. I don't, I don't look at losses to teams below you in the standings or teams that you think are inferior to you. I look at how you play against the best teams in the league. And I just think that the core of this team has been around long enough to look across the way and say, you know what, we match up really well against this team. They should be worried about us. And that's the mentality they go into that game with. And uh, it makes for great hockey. It really does. So when I say Vegas, I mean, it potentially could happen. They would be a tough team to play against. But I think they're all going to be tough teams to play against. And the better teams, for whatever reason, I think get the best out of Edmonton. Louis, great stuff. Look forward to seeing you tonight. Sounds good. Take care, bud. You bet. 12.52 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and uh, Brendan S. Scott with you. And uh, we'll return here on Oilers Now with the Oilers Now Injury Report. It is 12.53 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now on 6.30. Jed, the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Elks. Again, a sad day today uh, in the city involving uh, the two fallen members of the EPS who were killed in the line of duty. Ongoing coverage on Global News Radio 880 Edmonton, as well as updates on the half hour with Randy Kilburn. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. we got a game night. The Oilers and the Dallas Stars. We head to the Oilers now. Injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown. Like all of the uh, the advertisers and supporters of orders now extending uh, their hearts out uh, to uh, the EPS family and the families of the fallen officers. And uh, we will tell you that for the Oilers, uh, we'll see with Zach Hyman. He skated the last couple days. Uh, Ryan McLeod did not skate. The uh, Ryan Murray remains out. Not an imminent return with a back injury. Tyler Sagan uh, and... 
Uh, Mason Marchment both out for the Dallas Stars with lower body issues. Marchment last year at 47 points in 54 games with the Florida Panthers. He went over 30 games this year without scoring a goal. And we going to tell you at this time as well that we're going to head back to California in April with New West Travel. You can fly to L.A. and watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. This New West Travel package includes airfare, four nights at the Marriott L.A. Live, lower bowl game tickets for both games, and a welcome reception with yours truly with special guests. For the Cali Road Trip, reach out to newwesttravel.com. Randy Kilburn has a global news weather traffic update. Then we'll hear from Saad Youssef from The Athletic and Evander Kane in the next half-hour block.